So yeah, this episode, we got uh, thankful to have Dax Verdia on the show who runs Dax Snacks. He's a Marine veteran. And I always find myself, Dax, I, I say that all the time. You've probably heard me say it before, but I'm always swimming in the sea of Marines somehow. I'm, I'm like the only coastie ever anywhere, but a lot of <laughs> Marines, which I love. So I'm a big fan of Marines. And uh, and yeah, happy to have you on here. Pretty pretty pumped about it. Uh, do you want to want to start? Maybe tell tell me a little bit about your time in the Marines. You know, how, how'd you like it? What'd you do? I know you're a reservist still, which is pretty cool. Well, first, I'd like to thank you for having me. It's a, it's a, a great opportunity and a pleasure to be part of this. Uh, and then the second show of your uh, podcast here. I, mean, I definitely appreciate that. So for me, I, I I'm still in the Marines as a reservist. I've in my I just made my 23rd year anniversary about maybe a week ago. Congrats. Uh, Oddly enough, I've been a reservist my whole career, but I've done a lot of active duty stints throughout my career. It's just kind of worked out where I've gotten opportunities to travel and, and do different things as a reservist and, and still, you know, do, you know, regular lifestyle stuff as a civilian, the jobs that I've had over the years. So I've kind of rolled with it. That's cool, man. So what, uh, what, what do you do in the Marines? What's, what's your job? Uh, Right now, I'm a, I'm a logistics officer, so I'm, a, I'm an officer now, but I started out as enlisted, probably okay. missed, uh, did about seven years, and then I crossed over to the so-called dark, dark side as an officer, <laughs> but, and uh, so I've probably about 15 or so years now as an officer, so That's it's, cool. it's been an interesting journey so far. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Actually, what what do you awesome. think is the biggest biggest difference from being enlisted to going officer route? Uh, definitely responsibility like the amount of responsibility like what i like as being an officer and be able to lead enlisted marines i give them freedom of creativity and and, and movement to, to you know to make decisions to get to the obviously the, the mission uh goal so but ultimately when things go bad I, I put it on me when things go well i definitely give all the credit to the enlisted marines because you know i'm not out there doing the heavy lifting turning wrenches and stuff like that so you know success comes from them but um, I feel like any failure on my part, whether it's a plan or foresee any type of hazards or, or mistakes, is mm -hmm. definitely I put on my shoulders. So I would say that's the, the biggest difference. Interesting. That's pretty cool. It seems like, um, well, like we, in the Coast Guard, too, we have a lot of officers who are previously enlisted, right? Like every other branch. And it's always, it, it's always one of the things I ask them, like, like, you like it better or worse or what's the differences? And it, it seems like the, the bigger responsibility and it seems like there's a, I don't want to say more respect, but like a different level of respect, maybe from the enlisted guys looking to an officer who was enlisted previously. Maybe it's just, you know, like you've been in their boots before kind of thing. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting too. some of uh, some of my officers, better officers have been previously enlisted as well. So I think there's there's probably something well to that. Whether yeah, or... definitely being able to walk, been in those shoes, you can definitely understand enlisted yeah. perspective and and you, you definitely have a passion and care for them because you've, you've been, been in the trenches with them. But yeah, even though I'm an officer, I, I, I don't mind being out down there and helping out, you know, whatever I can do from the listed perspective. Hey, if you need me to, you know, turn some wrenches so you can be more productive somewhere else, you know, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So so uh, I guess anybody, for anybody tuning in who doesn't know how the reserves work, how, how do the reserves work for the Marines? So it's a weekend, a month, and two weeks a year? Is that the same? That's the, the I guess, the, the, the going saying, but mm -hmm. I guess it, it varies. So when I joined 
I actually wanted to be in the Navy, funny enough. I'm a big Top Gun fan, so I wanted to be a pilot. So I was like, after high school, I'm just going to be in the Navy. Yeah. My parents were, weren't so thrilled about that. So I was like, <laughs> that's not happening. And I was just, you know, okay, no problem. So I ended up going to school, college for mm -hmm. four years before okay. I decided, you know, I wanted to join the military still. I still had the itch. And at the time, I was like, you know what? Navy is cool, but I want to see what's the hardest branch. And, you know, at the, you know, I thought it was the Marine Corps. So I was like, I want to see if I can do it. So I, I joined the Marines. And I still had the passion to be an officer and, you know, being a pilot. But I didn't quite finish my four-year degree. So I, like, reserved was the route to go. I could finish my degree, do the pilot program. So it gave me that flexibility. Because back then, 2000, they didn't have online, you know, classes. So, sure. yeah. So it gave me that flexibility. So basically at the time it was one weekend month, two weeks in the summer, you know, I was in Brooklyn going to my reserve unit. And now as you become you know, more seasoned and you get higher rank, sometimes you, you get promoted out of the job and you have to, you know, search the country to find a place to go. So, so now I'm actually stationed out of New Orleans, kind of go quarterly, maybe every three months go down there to do my okay. duties. And I still do like the two weeks somewhere, you know, depending on what the, the, the um exercise I got going on, you know, to fulfill that that requirement, basic cool. requirement. So yeah, that's pretty cool. So what what's the coolest thing you've you've done during your marine experience? Where where's it taking you, or what have you done? Uh, I'd say the 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 travel has been amazing. So my favorite places that I visited in the Marines would probably be in South Korea uh and uganda so i was able to spend over a year in south korea and about three months in uganda and actually really you know indulge in the culture and and, and live the live with them and and work with them with their uh military and interact with the civilians enjoy the food and all that other stuff so yeah i think that would definitely be the, the greatest interesting i was just about to ask you how was how's the food in those two two different places hey korea is definitely my number one like like yeah. korean barbecue is just amazing like <laughs> i just i would go there every weekend you know go to there mm -hmm. they, they you know you try to cook it and they like they, if you mess it up they like they just push you away like you know show you how to you know, not overcook <laughs> it they throw in all the extra uh, vegetables and stuff like that you have mm -hmm. the little wraps and it's just like, so tasty great. So do they, so in South Korea, they have you do it like, I've, I've been to it in New York City where they have you cook it yourself. They do the same thing over there. That's pretty big. Yeah, basically, you're like in a booth and it has like a, a stove right in the middle of the table. And, you know, you order your, you know, you order your pork and your beef, whatever it is that you, you're into. And sure. you kind of just cook it there right in front of you. But they see that you're not, not experienced and, you know, they'll, they'll kind of take over and make sure you get the best yeah. experience. Interesting. What, what kind of food was Uganda? Uganda is like that more like home, you know, comfort type of food. So their staple was more like plantains, bananas, and stuff like that. But we were on like their military uh, base and they just, their food, they always had fresh meals for all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So they would cook, you know, the plantains in the morning with the meat, whatever it is. And you just constantly got like home cooked meals with the you know, vegetables cool. and, and everything. So definitely more of that like comfort type food. I figure it. You guys, Marines call what Chow Hall defect? Is that right? The defect that you guys? Yeah, that's the type of uh, what they call a defense facility, or uh, I forgot what it stands for, but yeah, defect. But, but Chow Hall is absolutely more than that. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, cool. Interesting. We had uh, we used to host a lot of Marines on our on our ship when I was stationed out in California. We did be doing uh, deployments to Central America a lot, and a lot of like the. Uh, I guess secret squirrel type Marines would be on there with us. 
and I always loved hosting them because they'd always come up and tell me or or my cooking crew and team, like your guys' food is awesome. Your guys' food is great. Like I love your guys' food, and they'd be pumped and come back for more. And the rest of my crew, they're so used to it, you know, because we're we're maybe 150, 200 people on our ship. When the Marines might have, you know, a thousand or two thousand or more on an aircraft carrier, for instance, wherever they're at. So I always enjoyed having the Marines on, as well as the Navy guys. <laughs> there was yeah, I enjoyed ship famous. life. I was able to enjoy ship life early in my career as enlisted in 2000, 2004 on a Navy ship going to okay. South America, actually. So oh, nice. definitely good times where you just, you know, they work hard. The Navy people, the cooks and the firemen and clean the ship. We just got to enjoy the the food, working out, and sleeping. <laughs> Man, I still never slept better than on a ship. I'll tell you that. It's you know, it rocks you to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I never had any seasickness, but yeah, it's definitely That's good. Yeah, we used to have some guys get seasick as soon as they leave the pier, <laughs> but not me, thankfully. But all right, cool. So, so tell me about Dax Snacks. So you're you're uh, you know you're Marine. Startup Dax Snacks. What was what was the first thought? Had that had that kick off? Uh, I guess a little bit of backstory is definitely not something I planned to do. I just was messing around in my kitchen. I had this this house here. I bought. It's like you know what can I do in here? And it's like I'm a big into health and fitness, so I like working out. I like visibly fit, but I definitely have a a thing for like sweets. So I wanted to be able to enjoy working out and then have my sweets and not feel like I just, you know, threw out all the hard work I put into my health. So I started messing around with recipes and I'm not a big fan of peanut butter. So I discovered almond butter. I was like, you know what, you know, what kind of, if you can make something with peanut butter, I'm sure you can make olive butter. So I just kind of tested different recipes and came up with a, you know, decent, you know, basic chocolate chip cookie. And I and I think I started this in 2014. So like years ago, I'm just making these cookies just for fun. Start sharing with neighbors and coworkers and and whatnot. And they really just got a great feedback. Like these are really good. You can sell these. I'm like, oh, whatever. It's probably a big thing. I gotta get a license and all this. So I got to the point where I just kept getting positive feedback. I was like, you know what? Let me give it a shot. So I started doing the farmers market back in 2017. It was actually Super Bowl Sunday. And I did the indoor market and I just kind of was getting good feedback. I did it for a whole year. And then I got an opportunity to deploy to Korea in uh, 18 and 19. So I was, took a little bit of a hiatus. hiatus. Mm -hmm. And then I got an opportunity to do the Veterans Future Labs entrepreneurial course. I was like, you know, if I'm really going to do this, I might as well equip myself with the knowledge, the business side of actually being able to form a business. So I spent pretty much most of COVID times between 2020 and 2021, just building up that knowledge base. And then last year kind of went back out there to get the exposure, doing the farmers markets again, and just be able to interact and meet people like like yourself, Katie Bishop in um, Brooklyn with her coffee shop and, you know, getting the, a lot of good feedback and wanting to hopefully get into stores and exploit the expand, so. Great, man. it's a great story, and and <laughs> and yeah, I, I was pumped to meet you too through and NYU Veteran Future Labs, great program. Dax and yeah, I both great. went through, uh, super helpful. I'm doing another one right now called Bunker Labs. That's that's another great program, six month cohort, just that's helping each other uh, grow their business. Um, so that's so that's that's cool. It seems, it seems like a good amount of businesses kind of happen from 
kind of like a happy happy accident or just doing something that you enjoy. So you enjoy working out and you enjoy eating healthy desserts. So it stemmed out of there. So I feel like that's a good good spot to grow a business, right? It just makes sense, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I'm actually gluten-free. I, I don't have any sensitivities, but they just happen to be gluten-free. And then I guess, you know, over the years, you know, gluten-free and being has become such a important aspect of health and, and wellness that I'm actually catering to that, to those people. And when you see, when you go to stores or you, you taste gluten-free products, they're not always the best tasting. They might be good for you, but yeah. you, know, you, you just like kind chalk. of like sacrificing taste for just to, you know, for your health. So, mm -hmm. so that's really where my um, passion has gone to be able to give those people a, a really good you know, opportunity to have good treats and not just, not, not having all the fun that all those that don't have sensitivities or look like mm -hmm. they're enjoying. So I have that same type of uh, pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you on that one. And uh, a lot of probably about 80 or 90% of my recipes I cook with on Hellman's Kitchen are plant-based. And I've only been eating plant-based for the past two years or so. Back when I was in Coast Guard cooking, never in a million years would have entertained the thought of plant-based or gluten-free or vegan or any of that stuff. Probably was one of those guys who used to make fun of it just because I didn't understand it. But I started trying it one time. My mom went through, she's good now. She went through a bout of breast cancer. So she started trying try uh, anti-inflammation diets. And it was like, oh, Steve, like Trek, your cook, help me out. Like figure out something that tastes good. All this stuff tastes like chalk or like garbage. And so I started playing around with it and I enjoyed how I felt. I still eat meat a couple times a week and dairy. Pizza and burgers, I'll never give up, you know. But uh, it's it's been fun trying it out. So kind of same boat as well. Yeah, just take a quick opportunity to to applaud you on, on some of your recipes. They're actually really amazing. I, I've done your, I do your berry smoothie oh, uh, cool. in the morning, sometimes after my workout is really good. Nice. I've done that, uh, I forgot the name of the chicken one, but it's like that real uh, marinade. That you gotta, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Like the, uh, kind of like a Filipino Hawaiian yes. marinade kind of deal. That one's really good. Cool. Uh, come on. Top of my head, so I gotta I gotta applaud the other cooks on my shit. They taught me all that kind of cooking, which I loved. Uh probably I probably cooked with I don't know 70% Filipinos or something like that, or Hawaiian cooks, and they taught me all sorts of yummy marinades like that. So I stole that from bits and pieces from them. <laughs> so thanks, thanks yeah. guys and girls for teaching me that one. But uh no, that's cool though. So so Dax snacks. So what is what's like the biggest biggest one of Dax snacks? Well, I've evolved from the first my regular original chocolate chip cookie, you know, mm -hmm. my original by name, and I've kind of evolved where I've kind of done some experimentation. So my jungle fumble, which is a mixture of white and dark chocolate together, is, is a very popular one. And if you're just a true lover of, of chocolate, it's the darker night. It's a double dog chocolate with cocoa powder. So I pretty much... I think those are like the founding fathers, you would kind of say, of, of my of my line. But then, uh, as I'm doing these farm markets, you know, I started getting you know approached by you know, the vegan community, and they they want they want to enjoy their treats too. And I had to you know go back and do some research and figure out how to remove the eggs, which is the only um, adult product in my cookies, and I replaced it with a flaxseed meal. I started with that; it was okay. I did the cookies, you know, mm -hmm. but they weren't really as as solid. They were kind of like crumbly. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of go back to the drawing board and I, I realized um, chia seeds were a little more better with gelatin than the flaxseed. 
but then I started getting feedback like these are good, but they taste like a brownie. So I was like, you know what? Let me try to make brownies. So now my my vegan line is all brownies and pretty much the same same similar uh, products as my originals. And again, the Darker Night, the Jungle Fumble, are probably original or the the fan favorites. Get what you want, but uh, I have a couple other ones that I evolved, like my oatmeal line. If you have allergic to some chocolate, I got a, a cranberry and vanilla and, and white chocolate. That one of my customers was actually a suggestion, so I've actually added that to my line as well. So I have seven total, and then fourteen if you add the uh, vegan line. So nice, and they're they. I can be the first name customer. They're super tasty. When I met you in, uh, was probably probably a year year and a half ago or so mm-hmm. at one of the NYU Veteran Future Labs. I stuffed a bunch of my wife's bag, and I was like, oh hell yeah, we got a bunch out on these, and they were super good. <laughs> so that's that's great to hear. Cool. So how how do how do people buy Dax Snacks cookies? Where where you've been going to? Uh, so far, my 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 go to is the farmers markets. I do that pretty much during the the spring summertime because obviously mm-hmm. I have a full time job as a police officer. So I I'm still just kind of a crawl walk run with my my business. My goal is to help me get into stores and gyms and coffee shops and whatnot. And uh, I do a lot of word of mouth. Like over the summer, over the winter, I took a break, and I've been just getting flooded with um, a lot of uh, special orders for like Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, birthdays and, you know, the people's events. So, mm-hmm. so that's pretty much been consistent over the last uh, couple of months since the summer markets ended. So, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of networking and getting in contact with people like Nancy Preston, Milk Money Kitchen. She has a commercial kitchen in the city. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's pretty much where my hurdle is. Once I could get to that commercial kitchen point where I can, hire people to do the baking for me. I can solicit, you know, all the stores and ven- uh, venues that I want to hopefully uh, have Dax Snacks be an opportunity and also have that e-commerce online. So right now I have a, uh, a landing page at DaxSnacks.com where you get all the information of my different varieties. And if you're local, I'll, I'll do some deliveries or, you know, you do a pickup or wherever you can. You can, you can DM me on Instagram. Snacks or Facebook. Nice. That's perfect. That's great. That's great to hear, man. And you got the perfect name for it too, Dax Snacks. I mean, I, I'd be like yeah. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Even. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> you got a good one on there. Well, I, the Hellman's Kitchen is pretty crappy. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's no, pretty I appreciate good. that. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. All right, Dax. Well, that's awesome. Uh, well, it was, it was good having you on on episode two of the podcast, which is which is pretty neat. I mean, you have a bunch more uh, vets on here talking about good things they're doing. Um, what, oh, by, by the way, what, what specific farmer's markets are you going to for anybody local watching the shows? Uh, so my past farmer's market has been Babylon. If you're long on locals, Babylon and also, uh, Tanger outlets, uh, up in the Deer Park, uh, this year coming, I'm hopefully going to expand a little bit and go to some different ones in, uh, Port Jefferson, Patchogue, Bayport. There's a big, uh, Argyle fair, which is in Babylon in September. I'll be there. And um, yeah, so, you know, stay tuned to my you know Instagram and website to find out where I'm at. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Dax. It was a pleasure as always. I'm sure we'll be in touch again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right.